on our Sunday school subject, The Truth About Our Future Home, part six. And let's pray. Gracious Father, we just come to you, Lord, and we ask that you'd anoint your word, Lord, and anoint your people. I pray that you would just speak truth and comfort into everyone's lives, Father. We commit our time and commit ourselves to you for your glory, in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're starting there with Isaiah 65, verse 21, going from where we left off. And they shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. You can be seated. They shall not build, and another inhabit. They shall not plant, and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth for trouble. For they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord, and their offspring with them. So, when we look at this, again, we spoke before about the millennium, and the new heaven, and the new earth. The millennium is not heaven. Right, And so we have to rule with a rod of iron over the nations. So there's a, there's a need for that. But it is what, what is termed as the regeneration. Jesus calls it that. So it's, it's a regeneration of cultures, nations, uh, civilizations, and the earth itself. It's a process of regeneration leading up to the new heavens and the new earth. And so there's, there's a glimpse of heaven because for us, we'll be there with an immortal body, right? So we'll, we'll be there for an immortal body ruling over the nations, and it's a foretaste, but it isn't the final for us. It's not full redemption because there still will be a gathering of those nations that will come forth and will fight against the camp of the saints, at the end of the, now, immortal saints aren't going to be saved and then lost, so it's got to be the nations that we rule over. They're the ones that are deceived and that will come against that. And then the fire comes, the great white throne comes, that, and that is when the new heaven and the, and the new earth is there and redemption is complete. So, looking at this verse, there's building, there's planting, in other words, there's farming. And it says, the work there will not be done for nothing. It's not done in vain. So in other words, purposeless, pointless. So if you look at, if you look at this and you see that there's work, I want to point out the scripture that says, the gifts and callings are without repentance. And usually we take that to mean, well, while we're alive, the gifts and callings are without repentance. But I believe that that's not what that means. I believe it really is. God repents when we die. We're no longer going to be what we're called to be before. No. I believe that if God called you to be, the only, I'll tell you this, the only jobs that are going to be, people will be out of work is chiropractors, doctors, physicians assistants, <laughs> nurses, <laughs> etc. Anything that's dealing with needing the need for healing because it'll be complete, right? But outside of that, I said, I, I believe even within that, God will have a special uh, call and purpose 
for those people. Like Brother Branham, he continues to be a leader when he's over there, but he's not praying for the sick anymore, right? So there, there'll be a place and there'll be a position. Every person you, you, and we'll look at the scripture, not too in depth, but a little bit, is that there's a reward for each of us. And what God made us to be here, we'll continue to be that on the other side. If you're an artist here, you'll be an artist there. If you're a teacher of God's word, you'll be a teacher of God's word there. What's that now? Yes, we will still be learning. We won't be infinite. We'll never be infinite. So there's always the capability for learning there. You can never exhaust God. You could never exhaust knowing God. And even if you, even if you were to take it, at, at some point in all of eternity, we, were, we took it all in, you still, as a finite person, you couldn't take it all in at the same time, right? You could only grasp this much. Because if we could take it all in at the same time, all of God in at the same time, then we're infinite too. So there's no possibility of that. So we'll still be learning and growing and understanding and revelation of God even in eternity. And Brother Branham talks about the, the, the type of person, the type of character that you have when you die. It's the same type of person and character that you'll have when you come up again. A person that's a carpenter that loves to create things over here is going to be a carpenter and love to create things over there. You know, the rich man and Lazarus were the same men that lived after they died. They were still the rich man and Lazarus, and Lazarus, even though Lazarus was now the rich man and the rich man was now the poor man. But they were still known by what they were on the earth. Incredible. Also, if we think about it, our resurrected bodies will have resurrected minds. So we'll be able to uh, create and we'll be able to do things with our mind that we never could have can imagine doing now. The things that we long to do and desire to do and can't get to it here, there, there'll be no hindrance to it. I believe that the Lord designed us to do something. Amen. He designed us with a purpose, not merely just to exist, not just to sit there and take it all in, but to actually be a means of expressing him. I mean, that was his original purpose for creation. And every, as we look in the, in the purpose of redemption, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So every person is given a spiritual gift to participate in the plan of redemption. But even further than that, we can take that as you, God has designed you in a way to express an attribute that he had in himself. So that doesn't end. In fact, this is the negative side of it. That's the positive side of it. So if you're, ex if you're designed to express something here, just imagine what you'll express over there. Um, you know, and, and it's easy to take that in many carnal directions, but I think when you look at it, uh, we all are desire. If you, if you have the Holy Ghost inside of you, let's put it that way, you're desiring holiness. You're desiring to be like God. And so... Whatever he's created you and designed you, everyone's designed with certain likes and dislikes. You see that, and that develops in young, in young children as time goes along, and you see this one likes this thing, this one likes that thing, and they go that direction. 
Sometimes the devil can hinder a person, can put a person in a place. I never get to do the thing that I really dream to do. Maybe that's the case. Or, or maybe you've had to surrender it for whatever responsibility you might have. You've surrendered that to the Lord. Well, I believe the Lord will take, will take that thing and, and he will give that to you in its fullness that will bring joy and peace and happiness unlike it ever would here. Amen. Wilbur Smith writes, In heaven we will be permitted to finish many of those worthy tasks which we had dreamed to do while on earth, but which neither time nor strength nor ability allowed us to achieve. In the beginning, man was given the command to take dominion over the earth. And that, that never stopped. That's continued. We're still commanded to take dominion over the earth. But unfortunately, it's with the, with the influence of Satan over everything. With the influence of Satan and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's overseeing and governing everything. So no matter what you create... It might, it might be a net positive, but there's going to always be some negative along with it because of, because of we're under the tree of knowledge and we're, we're cut off from the tree of life. We would like to design things for the tree of life, but the only, the only thing that comes from the, the only source of the tree of life is him. Not you, not me, it's him. He can operate that through us, but we can't on our own human level create something after the tree of life that would cause people to eat from that tree, metaphorically, and live. We can't do that. Just God creates that. Just God does that. But when the curse is lifted, we'll be able to continue this task. Remember, taking dominion was a pre-curse commandment that was given to us, right? So when the curse is lifted, the same thing has to take place. Only it won't be after the tree of knowledge, it'll be after the tree of life. Everything that we will do, everything that your hand finds to do, and when I say this, I'm talking about the creativity, the inventiveness, the, 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 all those things that go along with what he made us to be will be bursting forth and bringing forth in life and joy and for the glory of God. Amen. Now it's mixed with, you know, even our best works that we do, even our best sermons that we preach are tainted by our own sinfulness and the best sermon that you hear is tainted by your own sinfulness see god through the foolishness of preaching it's not the the, the word isn't foolish but the peop, the vessels are foolish and weak but god through that still perfects his people which is incredible there will be a perfect society that will be built. There will be a perfect civilization. Right now our civilization is all based on evil, um, fear, racism, everything else. But there, we won't have, none of those influences will be there. All that will be gone. You know, think of the new earth in the same way Noah would have thought about the time after the flood, where there's a destruction and we're going into something new is going to be formed on the earth. Only this time God isn't leaving it up to us like he left it to Noah and his sons. What did they do? They fell. 
Why? Because the Redeemer hadn't come. Satan hadn't been bound up. Satan, the, the works of the devil hadn't been destroyed. So God was showing to us again the futility of us doing it on our own. There's no, you know, it, it would be great if America became a Christian nation again. But it still would be under the curse because Satan is the prince of the power of the air. doesn't matter how Christian it, be, it would become, Satan is still going to put his way in there. Look what it did at the very beginning of our founding. Yeah. Many good things. Some bad things. But nevertheless, is what is the result? <laughs> not, it's not positive. It's not a good thing that we have right now. This is the result. That's man. That's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There's good and there's evil. So, think about, think about this. Now we're told we only use 10% of our brain capacity. So, just, just imagine having access to 100% of your brain capacity. We, you can't. You've never had it, but there you're going to have 100%. There'll be, there'll be no degradation of your mind, of your body. So, and, and don't, we think of it in such heavenly terms. Well, we'll have 100% of our mind and we'll just st stand there in a cloud and worship for all time. God wants worship for, for us to be what he created us to be in total submission and surrender to him. That's worship. It's not just sitting in a church service. There'll be plenty of that in heaven, no doubt. But the real thing that he wants to see is us living a life of kingdom dominion on the earth. Uh, let's go to the next scripture. Jeremiah 31.3, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Amen. Again I will build thee, and thou shalt be built, O virgin of Israel. Thou shalt again be adorned with thy tabrets, and shalt go forth in the dances of them that make merry. Thou shalt yet plant vines upon the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant, and shall eat them as common things. There's going to be dancing. There's going to be music. There's going to be vineyards. Amen. There's going to be farmers. What do you do with, with vineyards? I'll just leave that there. You can make your own interpretation. Luke 6.21, Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. Amen. This is a promise for us. You're going to laugh, and you're going to be filled, filled by God. Amen. Not just spiritually speaking, but literally you're going to laugh and you're going to be filled with all good things by God. Now we weep over sin, we weep over loss, we weep over pain because of the trials of this life. But over there, we won't have any of that. Amen. It'll just be laughter. Every tear will be wiped away. From convinced and concerned, Brother Branham says, now there is somewhere there I was there just as I am here, looking back at myself. I've had visions. I know what visions are. If that was a vision, it was the strangest one I ever had. And I seen the people, ones that's gone on, I seen them there. The old was young, and they were standing there, human beings just like I am. 
only without sin. It was beyond perfection, sublime. You, you just couldn't mention what it was. And when I knew that I had to return back, there was one thing that I would return to try to persuade people. Whatever you do, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. You can't afford to miss it. Everything else, let everything else go, but make ready for that. See, whatever you do, amen. Don't miss, we don't want to miss what God has planned for us. I mean, let's think about the logic. Let's just talk in logic terms right now. Right now, how much, what percentage of time is the next 20 years of your life compared to eternity? What percentage? Zero percent. Zero. So for a moment of doing whatever we want to do, seeking pleasure that pleases the flesh, we're going to trade that for eternity. So that's why he says, whatever you do, don't miss it. Amen. Whatever it takes, get your heart right with God. Make sure that everything is clean and clear and you're ready to go there. Because if you miss it, my goodness, the pain, the suffering, and the sorrow you're going to face in torment. It's horrible. Amen. God is not just going to resurrect our bodies. He's actually going to resurrect our works as well. Let's look at that. 1 Corinthians 3, 9. For we are our laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he builds thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. So now the foundation is laid. You can't lay another foundation. You can't rip it up and relay it. It's been laid. The word is final. And whenever, whenever, whenever there's a building on top of that, you've got to return back to the foundation. If anything leaves the foundation, it's wrong. So there, people are going to build on top of it. And, and Paul is saying there's people that are going to build with gold, silver, precious stones, but then there's also people that are going to burn, build with wood, hay, and stubble. Verse 13, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So, what's it speaking of? Christians can live in such a way that you, you're building, you're sending your works ahead of you. Amen. You also can live in such a way where you don't. You'll have no reward. You'll be there, which is wonderful, but you'll have no reward. So we have to take heed how we build and what we build, because what we do now is what will be resurrected for us in eternity. 
So again, if your work abides, you receive a reward for the work that you do. Matthew 6.19 Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. Treasure in Greek means the place in which good and precious things are collected and laid up. We usually call that a bank account now. We don't have treasure chests. Some people do, but <laughs> most people have bank accounts. Um, it can also mean a treasury, storehouse, repository, or magazine. Verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So our heart will be where we send our treasure. The things that are, are, well, I mean, if you really look at a literal sense of the word, treasure simply means a form of money that you value the most. So wherever you put your money, that's where your heart is going to go. So we actually can send our treasure into heaven. How do you do that? You don't send wire transfers. <laughs> There's no way to send a wire transfer, but of course it's by giving. Giving of your money, giving of yourself to the Lord. So when we do that, it's not merely an act that has no, well, it has an impact just on the person that receives. No, it has an impact on you. And everyone, uh, I feel like that's skipping, I skipped one. Yeah, I didn't put that in the PowerPoint. So just blank that out for a minute. Philippians 4.17. Paul says, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Hmm, interesting. So we have an account in heaven. You know they have a bank account? I don't know the, I don't know the numbers yet. <laughs> And I, I have no access, but it's a trust fund that's there for you that you have access when you die. Now, you can start a trust fund here, and your kids have access when you die, but this trust account is one that you can make deposits in and that you actually get access to for all of eternity. It, it, it never fades away. It never gets rusty. It never gets moth-eaten. It continues for all of eternity. And the accumulation doesn't just stay stagnant at what you put it in there. There's actually an interest rate that applies. And it's way more than we can imagine. Matthew 19, 29. And everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands... For my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. Amen. So I want you to think about that for a second. Does anybody know what percentage rate return a hundredfold is? Anybody have a guess? I want to hear somebody guess something. 
100%? Nope. That's getting closer. It's 10,000%. So let's back up. You can make deposits in your account in heaven, right? It depends on your attitude. It depends on your heart. Wherever you're, wherever you're giving, you could give out of obligation. That might not end up there. But if you're giving as a joyful giver, because you love the Lord with all your heart, it's getting added to your bank account in heaven. It earns 10,000%. And you'll never, you'll never lose that uh, money that you've deposited there. Think about that for a second. That's real. I'm not just making up hyperbole, a joke. Is it actual money over there? No, it's your reward. You know, it's you are faithful over one city, rule over ten cities. I th that may be that. Since we rule over the nations, I believe that may be a reality. That you'll rule over cities and countries and state. There's position of rulership over there. And I know it's, I know it's very spiritual to say I just don't I don't want to I don't want to do any of that I just want to be with Jesus. Well, Jesus is telling you that you you have a reward that there's an actual reward. There's a crown, which a crown speaks of what? A kingdom, a kingship, a rulership. So there's going to be a rulership, and we know that in the in the millennium, we'll be ruling over the nations. But even in the new earth, it speaks about. The, the, the New Jerusalem, but it also speaks about the nations that bring uh, their produce and so on and so forth and their wealth into the city. So what you're doing now is impacting what you're doing there. Amen. And I'll remind just of a principle that Brother Branham has said. The people that you think will be there, now I'm, I'm changing this into reward from being there to rewards, but I want you to get the picture is he says, the people that you thought for sure will be there may not be there. You'll be a lot of surprises on the judgment day, right? He says that. Well, I think the same thing goes here. We think, oh man, you know, this so-and-so minister, he did so much and he did this. He's going to have this massive reward. Well, he might not. It, it might be that little brother that was a prayer warrior that just sat, sat there and prayed everybody through to salvation to the anointing in the service, to deliverance, and nobody knows anything about what he do, does except for God. Amen. And he'll be there sitting right next to the throne. So, you, you know, we don't, God doesn't account it the same way as we know. He says, be not many masters because judgment is more strict for you. He says, greater is condemnation, but it really means, really speaking of, judgment will be more strict for you because if you sin with your words... My, because you're leading people, you're teaching people, you're pointing them to Christ. And if you're pointing them away, even by accident, there's going to be a strict judgment there. Amen. So Lord, help us. Let's, let's stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and mercy. We thank you so much for your word, Lord. I ask that you'd, uh, that you'd break it down into our hearts, Lord, that it would be more and more of a reality to us. Father, pray you bless the... The, the music and the preaching of the word that you'd be glorified in our midst. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.